Hi, I'm Lori Denning, and welcome to my podcast, The 20-Minute Scriptorian, where I explore the LDS scriptures and the path of the disciple of Christ. I'm a longtime gospel doctrine teacher, sometime institute and seminary teacher, and a current theology student. My friends and I are often discussing history, context, and theology, and thought that you might appreciate it too. I think of it as a bridge between academic and inspiration. However, these opinions are my own and not an official representation of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Thanks again for listening, and I hope this will be a blessing to you on the road to discipleship. Welcome back, brothers and sisters. I'm Lori Denning, and I'm your host as we jump into Come Follow Me for the end of October, beginning of November, and we are headed into 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, and Titus, where we will learn not only some important points of doctrine, but some practical advice as well for these bishops, young bishops, in the beginning of the church. Next on the 20-Minute Scriptorium. All right, well, I wanted to remind us that <clears throat> this is the all about where we kind of do the context and the setting and kind of overview before we jump into the verses. And uh, this is these are some of my favorite of the epistles, uh, probably because I... <laughs> One of the first semesters back to school, I had to take a semester on, the whole semester was on these three letters, and they're not very long. So what's crazy is to spend that much time in something and still find so much great information. Are you ever feeling like when you get into the scriptures that you're going to need some kind of advanced degree or someone's going to need to explain this stuff to you or maybe just the the deeper sides of the gospel. Maybe you need Hebrew and Greek, or maybe you need to understand Mesoamerican studies, or who's going to explain Isaiah. Do you ever feel that way? I think we all feel that way. And I want to remind us that the gospel and the scriptures are for everyone. And these three letters are perfect for that, that they just are so normal and down to earth and practical and talk about practical issues that we remember that the gospel is for everyone. And these three really point that out, and I love that <coughs> about these. So don't feel overwhelmed if you uh, sometimes feel lost like me, because we can all dig in together and continue to learn. All right, so first, who are Tim who's Timothy, who are, who's Titus, where are they, what's going on? Now, the good news is, is you actually know a lot of the background of these people. You just probably don't know that you do, so we'll just review. So I'm just going to talk about Timothy first, and then we'll jump into Titus, but Timothy is one of Paul's protégés, and he is, uh, remember, he was kind of a, a Gentile and a Jew. His mother was Jewish, his father was a Gentile, and as such, he had, he, uh, the mo his mother and grandmother, Lois and Eunice, had been converted to the gospel by Paul, and Timothy, as a young man, had as well. And so then bec he becomes a missionary companion of Paul, and Paul will often call him his son, his spiritual son. So it's kind of, I think of protege or just the person he's going to kind of pass the torch on to is, is Timothy. Um, Timothy, again, is, is Greek and Jewish. And so he is this perfect amalgam of the church in that time. And, and while Timothy's going to travel around and have visited uh, Philippi and Corinth and these various places with Paul, he goes back and is going to be the bishop, uh, what we would call the bishop of Ephesus. And from the epistle to the Ephesians, you remember it's a really big town. It's kind of a port town. It's not exactly on the port, but it gets all this industry from the port. It's on kind of the western side of Turkey. And it's the place that has that giant temple to Diana 
or Artemis, the Roman and Greek names of this goddess. It was just this huge temple, one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. And this is also an Acts where you learn that Paul gets kicked out with the silversmiths and just because of this worship of, of uh, this goddess. Um, also, this is some of the, we're going to find some of the information about uh, there's probably the most grading for some of us, uh, both men and women. You'll probably find some of this a little bit weird where he says, hey, women shouldn't speak in church. And and I'm going to go into that when we hit the next one. So stay tuned for that. But it'll make more sense uh, why this is an issue. If you remember the, the setting of Ephesus being this big church. Now, these are some of the few places that we hear about the titles um, of both deacon and bishop um, and and those roles those administrative roles like we have today were developing at the time remember the church is really young so they're setting in sometimes you'll see a different translation for bishop as overseer or pres presbyter presbyter i don't know how you say it but lest we get presbyterian um and it's just that same word where they're saying hey it's the bishop and the deacon the overseers or the elders they're trying to describe these roles that we have today and that's who timothy and titus are they're going to be bishops now timothy's going to be over ephesus and Titus is going to be over the church in Crete. And if you look at your map, Crete is an island uh, in the, kind of the Mediterranean there. And that's where we get the terms, what a Cretan. And it was very, a very debauched place. And uh, But the church grows very large there. So Titus is sent there. So we'll hit him next. So so that's kind of uh, where we are is this letters to these bishops. Now, one thing I want you to notice as you read through them, because they're very brief. It'll just take you a minute or two to read them is that they tend to have two sides. And this is kind of common with Paul, is that you'll see these two sides of every letter, is that the first side will be kind of, we'll call it theory or doctrine or something that he's trying to teach. And then how do you make that real in your life? How do you apply it? How do you liken it? And he'll give them some really practical advice. So see if you can't, as you read through them, see if you can't find... What are some of the doctrinal points that he's trying to explain? Well, oftentimes it's about the role of Christ, the role of grace, of the grace or atonement of Christ, about the importance of uh, God and, the, and, and King Jesus returning, something like that. And then usually the practical things are like stay away from idols and be nice to each other and quit fighting and, and uh, give of your means to others and be nice. Again, they're pretty practical, which I love if you think about it. If you take these really big concepts of the gospel and then you look at what Paul's saying, they're all things that doesn't mean they're easy to do, but they're simple to understand, right? Be nice um, and quit con being so contentious and leave your old ways behind, right? Be morally pure, uh, help each other, support the poor. Okay, well, those aren't surprising. So I love that. I love that about these letters. So there are a couple things. Again, they're going to flip-flop back and forth between some of these doctrinal points and some of these practical points. But something else that's unique is think about the other letters for a minute. Is there anything about these letters of who they're written to that's different about the letters we've read so far? So in the other letters, just think about the titles for a minute. You have Epistle to the Thessalonians, Epistle to the Ephesians, Epistle to the Corinthians, Epistle to the Colossians. And then these are the epistles to Timothy, and another epistle to Timothy, and then finally a letter to Titus. These are some of the letters to a person. So uh, they are different, right? They're giving advice 
to a person instead of to the collective of the church. Um, and so I just find that really nice. You'll see some really nice heartfelt things to them. But also, poor Timothy. I mean, Paul's tough with his little protege. He gives him some pretty tough advice of where Timothy is failing and how to be a better bishop. And so just just remember who these are being written to. There's a, one other letter that's written to a person, and we haven't gotten to that one, and that's Philemon. Uh, sometimes said Philemon. I learned it Philemon growing up, but I don't know. I call it Philemon now. I remember my rule from before. If you don't know how to say it, say it louder. People just think you have an alternate pronunciation, and it's all acceptable as well. So when in doubt, say it louder. But these these letters are to people and as well as Philemon, and the others are to groups, right? We're going to see the epistle to the Hebrews. It's not even to a city, but it's to the the, the Jewish converts in general. So just keep that in mind because you'll see a different tone or maybe see a different tone. All right, let's jump into 1 Timothy and talk about structure for a second. So first, remember that Timothy is his protege, and he's going to say that, and he's going to address two key issues that are placing just at grave risk the salvation of all the church in Ephesus. So you'll see this in, the, in chapter 1 and chapter 2 and chapter 4 that he's saying, hey, there are these issues, and that's of doctrine and practices. So the people are struggling with some of the understanding of the gospel and then how they're executing that, what they're doing. And it's putting their salvation at risk. And so he's like, Timothy, this is serious. Here's what we have to do. Now, he also mentions, uh, Paul mentions in the letter that this may be a result of Timothy's youth. He says in 14 or 412, he says, you know, you're young. And he also talks about him being, having some illness uh, in chapter five. So, so maybe, uh, you know, just as everyone Timothy's a real person and, and struggling to lead this growing church. Maybe not struggling, but he has had struggles. So Paul advises solutions for the two critical issue, issues, and he reminds Timothy of his calling, of his personal pursuit of righteousness um, in, this, in this letter. Okay, first, Paul directs regarding doctrine, and he says, first, teach only true doctrine. And we're going to see that in one three, namely the doctrine of Christ. And he just boils it down into this great, succinct sentence. This is the doctrine of Christ. Christ came to save repentant sinners. He is the great mediator, the savior of all men, ultimately reinforcing the great mysteries of godliness. So throughout the letter, you'll see this lacing of the role of Christ. So see if you can find those four. Christ came to save repentant sinners. It's in chapter one. Then in chapter two, he's the great mediator. And then that's in chapter two. And that he's the savior of all men, all mankind, men and women, all time. That's in chapter four. And that this reinforces this great mystery of how to be like God or how to understand God. That's in chapter three. Then the practical comes in place. So how do you do all that? And one is pray, but pray for everyone. Also, stay away from worldly riches. Like, don't get so caught up in your worldly pursuits. Also, uh, that's in uh, two and then six, respectively. And then pursue righteousness, faith, love, endurance, gentleness, right? Practice these virtues. And then he's just going to remind them that in these latter days, some various weird practices are going to come in, and they could be aesthetic practices, like to not do certain things or eschew certain practices um, that were going to be common there and he's going to say hey don't don't pay attention to those um especially they seem to have some kind of false teaching teachings about mythologies or family histories 
or some kind of misappropriation of the law. Now, those might not be specific to us. He talks about that in one and again in chapter four, but they're having specific doctrinal issues. So I think we could apply that pretty easily. There are certain doctrinal issues that will come into play. It could be about the family, the role of the savior, the authority of, of, the, of God on earth, something like that, and say, hey, these, these false doctrines are creeping in. So he says, fundamentally, the doctrine is to, to teach it, publicly read scripture and teach, right? And don't neglect that gift of the Holy Ghost. So, so that's, that's where he, that's kind of the outline of chapter, or first uh, Timothy. So there's kind of a nice overview. Now, the second point that Paul is going to talk about in first Timothy is going to be about some of the practices um, that, that are part of the gospel, and they are critically important. But he's going to highlight the behavior uh, and, and he's going to go through some of these, the proper behavior of women, the proper behavior of the elders, slaves and masters, of the rich, the qualifications for bishops and deacons. And he's going to emphasize the importance of these, of the practices of leaderships, that ship and, and how to not be kind of caught up in sin and gossip and, and how to be a good servant of Christ. So if you focus on these, the doctrine and these practices, you will be a good servant. So Next time, and I'll, I'll do one just on these, I'd like to go on these ideas of um, the different practices because we talked about it a little bit, but you'll see these women shouldn't talk in church and some of that. So I want to talk about that specifically because it comes up a few times, and I think it's applicable to us today. So stay tuned for next time, and we'll jump in. Okay, in 2 Timothy, Paul does kind of the same thing. It's, it's an equally brief letter, but he's writing another heartfelt letter to Timothy and making sure that Timothy has all the tools he needs to be a strong bishop, to really guide the people and help them and bring them along their path of discipleship. And he gives Paul, uh, Paul gives him some final instructions um, that really fall into two buckets again. He says, you know, try to fight for the gospel and pursue righteousness. So you're going to have to fight. And, and then he's going to remind him about his calling and his ordination and that it was from an apostle and that Paul has passed this torch on to Timothy. Think about your calling. Do you ever realize that you have been called and set apart for the assignment that you have? No matter what the assignment is, you have been called by one with authority and you have been uh, called and ordained to that assignment. And that is powerful. This is where God wants you right now and where he needs you. And it's just as practical as some of this advice. It's not going to be, I want you to expound crazy doctrine and translate things and talk about the end of days. It's going to be, I want you to work with people. I want you to teach the faith. I want you to serve, right? And that's so these lessons are just exactly for us. And that's what Second Timothy goes on. He is going to say that, um, that we need to, people are going to be hypocritical. They're going to be influenced by poor, poor behavior that these things are going to come out and just make sure as a teacher that you're not hypocritical. And he gives them some keys for some of the persecutions they're going to, uh, their face. Um, and, and some of it's just being righteous just to be a righteous person. And he used some metaphors. We might have time to go through that. So that's text second Timothy. Let me jump over to Titus for a minute. Titus is a whole different letter. Titus doesn't seem to have is some of the problems that Timothy did. It sounds like Timothy's quite young. Uh, and so as a young bishop, he's facing some of these where it's his health and he's got a lot of uh, strong-willed people in his congregation. And Titus uh, is over this Greek island of Crete. And the, Greek, the Cretans were really struggling to show fruits of their conversion. 
They keep falling back on their lying and devious ways. And Paul actually quotes from one of their poets about how kind of naughty Crete was and how proud they were to have been from Crete and just be these kind of silly people. Uh, but he he's going to remind Titus that there's some really strong solutions for Titus on how to solve this falling back on and lying and deviousness is how to get away from that. And, and his two tips for Titus are going to be instructions uh, for the people of the church, just what they're supposed to do, and the importance of sound doctrine. Like there's practice and doctrine. See that theme come through again. So first, Paul is going to instruct Titus that it is important that leadership is critical to bring out the best in people. So leadership is important, but it's sound behavior and a good example. That doesn't sound so hard in practice. We say, okay, I just need to have good good doctrine and sound practice. And then he talks about how to call some of the elders, how these, who these type of people should be, the leadership, right? They will need to be examples in the community. And remember, if that's not what the community was like in Crete, if they were known for their lying and devious ways, he's saying find people that are good examples in the community, and that will help bring people to the church. They'll see that this, these elders, these leaders of the, of the congregation are different and that they're not devious and lying and cheating, but they're good people. And, and you know, that always causes pause. And so he says they should, be, um, they should be able to fight against these false influencers and rebellious people and that are drawing away believers. But he also says the same thing for young men and women, that they should be reverent and have integrity. And they should, he even says, you know, better examples of stable families and things that will cause the church to grow. So he gives Titus some instructions for how to find this leadership and how to, um, how to be examples. Now, Paul doesn't leave anybody out of the congregation. So if you're a slave or you're a master, slave master, he gives instructions for them too. He says, you know, this is just the culture they lived in. He doesn't say get rid of your slaves. He's not trying to cause some social upheaval. He's saying do good where you are and then that will change people. So we should help overturn this poor reputation uh, by by being respectful and kind and hardworking. And that will manifest itself and the spirit will flow more openly and that will bring others. Also, Titus is having some similar problems that we've seen throughout uh, the church and that is a false doctrine. So he's just reminding them that, hey, as a core, as a bishop, you've got to reinforce core doctrines. So stay away from some of these strange and, and some of them aren't applicable to us, but these Jewish mythologies where they would look through all these old stories or something. And he's just saying, avoid the controversy, but avoid these gen getting mired in a genealogy of some kind of authority or something or dissensions and quarrels about the law. But, but stay away from contention, stay away from those things and be a good example. And then that will help make this worthwhile for everyone. And by reinforcing a stable leadership and true doctrine, the church can grow and flourish and reflect the gospel of Jesus Christ. So that's it. Those are your letters for Titus, uh, Timothy, Timothy, and Titus. Remember, this gospel is for everyone. They're going to have some theology. They're going to have some practical. My assignment for you is as you read through this week and start to do these pastoral epistles, think of how that influences you. What kind of leadership role do you have, and how can you take some of this advice and apply it in your own calling? Next time, we'll jump into 1 Timothy. Thanks, Scriptorians, and keep on reading.